Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined as always by Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And we're looking at Wednesday night's NBA playoff games here, four to choose from, as there's some uh, elimination games and then some other teams at 2-2 here. Uh, We are going to run through our best bets in this video, uh, so make sure to like and subscribe to that page. You can also check out the player props video we have up for you about all four games as well. Running through how we did uh, a couple nights ago, we are recording this a day ahead so we can get ahead of these lines with you guys. Uh, So I'm looking here at the games from the 24th of April, two nights ago from when this video will be be seen by you guys. uh, and we did go three and two on the night. Got the overs right on the Heat game, uh, Heat total, the, Mi- the Milwaukee Miami game total. Uh, like both those overs, got some stuff right there with the overs in that LAL, uh, the Lakers and Memphis game, which needed to go to overtime, but we got there. Uh, and then AD was unable to get uh, too many points off, which was a bet we got wrong. But at any rate, you know that was mostly because he got hurt on that hip early, uh, which is something that we'll probably talk about as they're back on the slate for Wednesday night. So Nate, let's go ahead and jump into your first best bet for the night. Yeah, the kids call him Mr. Glass, but um, we're going moving on here to the Bucks and get them getting their get back here. This is really my strongest bet of the night um, in terms of just Giannis coming out and and clapping back the way after Jimmy put up fifty six on them. So in the game video here, I'm saying Bucks money line plus the over two nineteen. And I was talking with Josh that I'm a little scared of this one. It's it's plus odds though, plus one twenty five. I mean, I think it's ninety nine percent chance Bucks win this game at home. Uh, what I'm scared of is that Miami either just packs it in and says, "All right, you got to beat us in Miami," though, uh, or you know, and sees tremendous offensive regression. Jimmy getting fifty six points on sixty eight percent shooting. Jimmy had twenty straight points for the Heat at one point. Nobody else is is remotely scaring you. Uh, if you're Milwaukee right now, like they, they, nobody else can get their own shot. They're down to uh, like six undrafted players, which is, you know, heat, heat culture or whatever. Uh, but is Caleb Martin going to face threes in, in Giannis's face again and down the stretch? I don't think all any of that's happening at home. I mean, on the road. I do think at home for the Bucks, they're going to shoot much better. They shot 32% from three, uh, particularly Drew went two for 11 from deep. He's shooting 47% from three at home uh, since the start of the new year here. Milwaukee hit 18 threes at 38% in the first two games of the series, and that was without Giannis, of course, who, uh, you know, you're you're not handing out 13 assists with a triple-double unless you're feeling pretty spry. I mean, 26 points is solid. Um, it, it, it also, like we predicted, increased the amount of free throws that the Bucks were able to generate to 20. That should even go up more at home. Uh, which is going to help your over once again. I mean, we talked about in game three, the, the, I mean, game four, excuse me, the, just the total, we don't understand how it's that low, 217 and a half. Um, and now we're only barely a little bit higher than that. We know Giannis is playing. We know the Bucks score more and are even faster paced at home. They're, the first two games of the series were a 103 pace, and we're still at a 101 pace. Miami is willing to push it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there is reason to be scared about Miami's offense here. So if you are, I will also say Bucks over 115 and a half is a fine bet um, with about even money as well. 
Yeah, point points seem like a good bet. I, I don't think that my Miami's going to roll over and, and die by any means um, in, in this game. They, you, your points are basically that they might not have a choice and that it'll get away from them enough um, that they'll just kind of want to sit the one guy that they know can bring them victory. But it's interesting because when they were when they were tied, um, or excuse me, when when Miami was up two one before last game. Um, it was kind of like, well, they're going to need two big games to close this out from Jimmy Butler uh, in order to do so. And they just got one. So now we're down to, to the next one. And I don't know if it's necessarily going to come, you know, a day later uh, with, with all, all of the usage that he got there at the end, 56 points. I was exhausted watching him run back and down, up and down like that and just be pulling threes like that takes a lot of legs after a full game. So, you know, shout out Jimmy, obviously Jimmy Buckets doing his thing. But this is a game in Milwaukee that you do expect uh, there to be some some sort of progression with Giannis back and, and with the Bucks crowd behind them in order for them to pull this out. So we'll, we'll see whether or not it's a blowout. I don't think either way, if it was a blowout, I probably still wouldn't be scared of the total. It's such a low total of 219. Um, so I'm really not worried about needing to get the, the you know call that the Bucks are going to be the one scoring all the points in this game. Uh, I think you obviously could still get to over 219 with the Bucks scoring 113 points or what have you uh, and, and still you know be win this game by what, six points or so? So I, I think that all those possibilities, you know, are, are there all those scenarios are possible in a way that you might as well just take the total of the game to, to kind of spread out the, the wealth there. So moving on to my pick, Nate, and I am going to talk about my New York Knicks and my reverse jinx worked because I said I don't think that they're long for this series. And I was kind of right because they weren't long for this series as they move on, hopefully, to the next one uh, with three wins in a row. I don't know that that's necessarily going to happen, but I am going to call uh, that they can get over their team total at 98 and a half points in this one, which is a little bit better at FanDuel, minus 114 or versus the minus 115 you see on a couple other sites like BetMGM and DraftKings. They've hit this over in three of four in the series. And the way I see it, there's just so many points that have been left on the table, including game four, where they did get over this total. Obviously, it was at home, but they got over this total. Um, and they did so by while missing 10 free throws on 28 attempts. And they've been getting a lot of free throws uh, in this series, including more than 28 three different times. So I, I think, though, you know, they hit 25 of 30 in a game that they only scored uh, 90 points in game two there. So, you know, where is it going to come from? Because... They can miss threes and hit free throws. Um, they can miss most of their threes, which they are doing, and continue to at least get to the rim and, and, and attack the paint the way that they have. And they've shown, uh, you know, like I said, Julius Randle, say what you will about him, has, and, and between he and at this point, I will throw in Obi Toppin and, and Isaiah Hartenstein, who are were basically a three-man rotation in game four. Uh, and the two of those guys were able to also, to a degree, you know, big boy, Evan Mobley, I'll just say it because around, you know, the, the defensive glass, especially uh, they're keeping him off of it. And even on the offensive glass, their second chance points are, are definitely one way that they have to score. And I just think they have more ways to score in, in that sense. At this point, um, you continue to see more Josh Hart minutes. And I, I think that's going to continue. Quentin Grimes is, uh, is currently questionable for the next game. He missed game four. He, between he and Josh Hart, it's been one of them on the floor at all times in order to be able to guard Donnie Mitchell. Uh, and Josh Hart played 39 minutes guarding Donnie Mitchell, the entirety of the time that he was on the floor with Mitchell uh, and you'll continue to see that he did such a good job in the last game you, you'll probably continue to see that even if Grimes is able to play unlimited minutes but my main point is Grimes has not helped the offense at all uh, he's actually stymied it uh, in a way by by really be shooting so poorly he had 11 points in the first three games before he sat out in the fourth he missed most of game three as well after only playing 13 minutes um, and, and that does help their offense Josh Hart's been very efficient 19 points in game four uh, and he continues to be someone who just 
just does it all, right? He's just a Swiss Army knife on offense. He able, still able to get at least two assists in every game of this series, including four in one of these games. So you know he can continue to facilitate. He's almost, you know, a, another uh, ball handling playmaking option for them at times, which is really, really nice. Not that you want him to be that, by the way. That's not something you can depend upon for very long. My main point is that he's been more uh, impactful positively for this offense than Quentin Grimes. So uh, I, I think the only, you know, the only game that they didn't go over, it's like, do you really expect them to either sh- to shoot 36% from the field? It's possible. Never say die with these two teams playing in a game against each other. Um, but I, I think that's been the anomaly, you know, as, as they continue to do that. Jalen Brunson had a really bad game too, where, like I said, the only game they failed to get over 98 and a half. Uh, and that was really just the second half where he got shut down uh, and missed all of his shots, only managed to get six points by going to the free throw line six times. So he's going to want to really get that one back. I, I know that he's pretty pissed and probably takes it on himself that they were unable to, to come through with that victory and then they would have swept. So last thing I'll say is the other place that they're well last two things one I just want to shout out Obi Toppin who I know it's not even just hollow minutes from him he's giving them like really good minutes including on offense where he has been a more uh, a bigger threat from deep than Julius Randle at this point where with the way Randle's shooting on that ankle I'm not going to try to predict how Randall's going to react emotionally coming back. I know that I love having Jalen Brunson on that team because all the things he's talked about in the media are, that's our guy. I'm really proud of the way that he reacted uh, to being benched in game four, even though other people wanted to make it a, a big deal as though he was sort of, you know, bringing down the team and, and all his teammates are like, nah, we don't, we don't see it that way. So uh, I, I don't think there's any problems in the locker room is my main point. If OB is going to continue to get minutes, I'm just, I'm proud of Tibbs for playing the, the right people and not just running his, his big stars into the ground and doing it the right way. Uh, and as a result, I think their, their offense has opened up and they'll continue to be able to get 99 points in this one. Yeah, I mean, we were wondering when the books were going to move the total down closer to 200, right? And it, it happened. It's 202 and now's the time to zag. We're both on that. But I, I, I really like this more than taking the game total because the Cavs are going to have to try a lot of different things to find some offense. Like their offense is a lot more uh, vulnerable to these lapses like you said, it took just an awful second half from the Knicks to not get to 100 uh, or around this total here. And, and Brunson is just it's just the bucket. Like I don't trust, I don't, I don't believe the Cavs are going to come up with some defensive scheme to baffle him again. Like they're able to get him off balance for a minute. I think he's got every counter in the book, and he's got a better supporting cast around him. So whether the yep. Knicks win or lose, I, I think they will get to 100 in this one. Yep. Um, and looking at another one of Josh's teams here, the Warriors, can they pull it out here, a road win? I mean, it's not as if they didn't compete in games one and two in Sacramento. Both were basically one possession games down the down to the wire. Um, you know, would have been even closer if Draymond didn't get tossed in game two. But so what I'm taking here is the Warriors to win by single digits to pull it out uh, with De'Aaron Fox expected to play. That definitely helps what I was already kind of looking at, which is I, I think the Kings are going to be in it. But they're going to show their youth down the stretch like they did in this last game um, and, and you know, had a close loss. So if you take them actually to win by one and one to five points is plus 400 or six to 10 at plus 500. If you take both those bets with one unit, you're getting much better juice than if you just bet one to 10 points at plus 180. Uh, spent some time crunching those numbers in my head and, uh, you know, using a calculator and trying to get my math degree. And yes, you do, in fact, get more money. Um, but I mean, the Kings without Fox or with Fox playing with a broken finger, which is what we're looking at. He says he's going to play hell or high water, right? So I'll just read you what they do without Fox. They score 13 points per game fewer. The pace drops a little bit. The three point shooting drops, which is key because the dubs 
give up uh, something like four, three and three fewer three pointers when they win versus when they lose. So if the Kings aren't going to be able to get hot, I mean, Herter really picked them up the last few games. Fox mixed. He's been a, a negative in this series. Uh, Keegan Murray has had one good game, but I don't, he's another guy who I don't know if you're going to trust down the stretch. And, you know, while the, the Kings are a great clutch team, how much of that is De'Aaron Fox being clutch and, and, and being number five and, and, and number two in fourth quarter points per game. Um, the Dubs, since the All-Star break, are second in net rating in the clutch. They are 26th in offensive rating on the road. That is the one thing you'd worry about. But this is the playoffs now. Um, obviously, we're going to lean towards the old hats. Uh, seven of their last 10 road playoff games for the Warriors have actually been single-digit games one way or the other. They haven't really covered the spread consistently. Which, you know, now we're looking at no spread with Fox playing. But I do like them to win three straight here. Um, now that they got the one without Draymond, you let him get off the mat. And I, I think the Kings are just so dependent on Fox that if he's not 100%, I don't think they can pull out this close game. Crazy to say, but I think you're right. Uh, that that if, if Fox is not 100%, which he's not, he it sounds like he's going to give it a go. I mean, his props are up. Um, and, and the team does seem to indicate that he's going to play. That was that was one of the narratives that some of the Warriors media out here, radio hosts, really more than anybody, uh, we're trying to perpetuate. Which was Fox's. As soon as Fox's injury report came out, there was all this like detectives work. Like, well, no, he's going to play. Like, they just want to sort of up the narrative that like, oh no, he can't play. But then when he does play, like he's such a hero, and people were getting bad about it. But kind of like kind of seems like it's true because he is going to play, um, but good on him. And, and the way that that impacts the game it, without him being able to have the threat of the shot, that's the difference between De'Aaron Fox of old and De'Aaron Fox, all-star potential, all NBA player, etc. right? Like the difference is he picked up a shot and he made just like half a three more a game on his like four attempts or so was what he needed to like really up his scoring, get above 26, just a little bit better percentage up from like 30 to at least like 34. Uh, and if you don't have that threat, then he is, you know, high, highly, highly diminished. So uh, I, I think that the Warriors to pull out a close one, you never want to bank on them destroying anybody on the road right now. That's just not what they seem capable of doing. Um, and, and this is a, a a Kings team that I'll talk about Malik Monk. They're going to have a solid backup scoring option. It's just that he's not going to be able to drive the offense the way that a Kings offense has been used to being run this year by such an, a, a quality guard like De'Aaron Fox. So um, let me close things out here talking about the uh, other game in the, the West on the night, which could be closed out if the Lakers want to beat Memphis. But I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I am going to just take Memphis straight up minus four with that spread. <clears throat> that is minus 110. I'll throw a unit on that. But I am going to throw a unit as well on them to win this game outright and then have this game go under 222 and a half uh, and get plus 206 on my money there uh, and, and feel pretty good about it. Yeah, I don't know why you would, like I was saying, I don't know why you would bring Anthony Davis and LeBron James to Memphis um, at this point. If, if you're the Lakers, like just let them rest and, and don't worry about them potentially getting hurt again with just one day of rest in between these games. So I think you'll see them shut it down early if Memphis is able to come out and really, really bring it. I think a little bit of the fuel that was uh, in, in the tank there for the Lakers that was, you know, that uh, Dylan Brooks really just sort of 
made more potent for them so that they were able to go a little bit longer. Um, I think some of that fuel has died down a little bit. Now Dylan Brooks is actually asking for pity as he doesn't want the smoke despite starting the entire fire uh, by calling LeBron old, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I don't know that it's necessarily there. They kind of seem to put it on him after LeBron also had another 2020 game, uh, his first ever in the playoffs, uh, which is incredible. And the first since Shaq did it for the Lakers in like tw- in 2004. So uh, I think, like I said, on the road, it's going to be a little bit different. You're going to see uh, the, the Grizzlies, uh, a few more of the, the role players that did step up, like like Desmond Bain. In I, I, I hate to call him a role player, but as opposed to being Ja, who is the sort of center of everything, you have him as a secondary option. And he finally came through. Well, he's had one decent game of 22 points, but really that 36-point game was what they needed, especially as Ja failed to get 20 points in that one. So um, I think they're just going to be coming with a, with a ferocity in this one that I don't think the Lakers are going to be able to match. So uh, the under there feels better as these last three games would have gone under. The games two and three did. Game four would have if it didn't end uh, with overtime. And even that overtime was pretty high scoring at 20 points there uh, in the five minutes. So uh, you know it would have been 208 without it. Right? Uh, and so I'm feeling like pretty good about this going under. The, the pace has slowed down. Uh, to, the last game was a 99 pace. The second one to go under 100 in this series. And if you look at the second halves of these games, especially the fourth quarter, all these games just slow down a ton as LeBron and AD need to really set up what they're doing. Uh, and, and also Austin Reeves, by the way, who has become another really big key playmaker for them in crunch time. Uh, talk about that in the player props video. So I think an under is a great play here. I'm, I'm going to combine them. I'm going to take Memphis to win. And I'm going to take the spread in one bet. But however you guys want to play that, uh, I think uh, lower points and Memphis to pull out the victory is, is a good bet. Which is why, yeah, I would use your logic and say Lakers under their team total, which is probably 109 and a half, I think I would look at. Um, because, yeah, everything you're saying, like they're really struggling in the half court to score. Memphis continues to make adjustments despite missing their big guys. And I mean, AD really did not take advantage of that in the last game and yet again comes up with another injury um, or, you know, just getting nicked up or anything like, like we said with the home road splits, like even having to travel to Memphis is a concern for him. Um, and his defense is not going to, his defense is still going to be there. And the Lakers, that's, this is how they made a playoff run, right? Like we, we starting to see again, like every single game is going to go under 220 as, as the playoffs wear on for these veterans, right? That's how they want to play. Yeah, 85 pace in the fourth quarter is ridiculous. They they got to slow down Memphis. They cannot let Jog out in the open court. So, I think it'll be low scoring again and I would but I would be afraid of Memphis erupting at home as they do sometimes. So, I would rather take the Lakers under. No, yeah, that that's totally fair. I just think even if this pace is slowed down, I just I don't see them erupting right now. If if the role players are not going to be as good, like maybe you get a bit, you're going to get a bit more from somebody between a, a big body Roddy and a Luke Kennard uh, and those types <clears> of players. You're going to get something from some of them. But man, how much do they miss slow mo or DeAnthony Melton? It's like you don't have to choose between defense and offense. You could have guys that can do both uh, really well. And now they don't have that same level of, of two way player, but they're going to come out and bring it. So I'm I'm, I'm loving the, them to win this one and make it go six. So you're listening to the lines.com podcast network. Looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top us sports books all in one place. Then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust. 
Check out the Lines.com NFL Megapod as Matt Brown, Stephen Andrus, and Adam Candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate. Join the Coast to Coast podcast crew Mondays through Fridays as Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander bring you the best player props and game lines for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. And tune in to Beat the Closing Line twice a week as Nicole Russo, Mo Nawara, and Eli Hershkovich dive into NFL opening lines, plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. Bet basketball, baseball, or hockey with a risk-free bet up to $600 at BetMGM. Sign up and use bonus code THELINES and you're on your way with the king of sportsbooks. Get the BetMGM app today and use promo code THELINES to make a risk-free bet up to $600. This is a new customer offer. Paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem. Call one 800 522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. And 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa and Tennessee. Call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Uh, but for now, Nate, let's go ahead and jump right into your first prop for Wednesday. Yeah, first prop is similar to my first game pick, which is the Bucks to win and to get some performance doubles there. Giannis, 30 points is his prop. I, I expect him to get 30. Expect him to also get 10 boards and the Bucks to win. That's plus 175. Uh, you can jump, jump that up by plus 100 if you take him to get 12 rebounds which is, you know, pretty standard. His last two regular season home games against the Heat, 16 boards per game on top of 31 points per game. In that sweep of the Heat uh, back in 2021 in the playoffs, he had 15 boards per game. Did not do that much scoring because Miami couldn't score either. Uh, But, you know, I mean, that is my one concern here is that Miami's offense will fizzle out. Jimmy Butler will not be able to replicate what he did in game four at all. And he just doesn't have much of a supporting cast. So I am a little concerned about a blowout, but we've seen Giannis put up 38-point triple-doubles and blowouts all year, right? I mean, he's going to be coming out with a fury. I mean, you might want to look at his first half props, which are going to be available. You know, you could you can probably just get half this total to, for him to have that in the first half. Like, he's going to come out strong. He was clearly healthy enough to drop a triple-double, to drop 13 dimes in game four, uh, just roasting the the heat in pick and roll because they were they were trying to guard him that way and now they're gonna have to adjust and they're gonna have to give up more points as he comes home but yeah I mean Giannis is the ultimate bounce back guy right after a loss in the playoffs I'll just read you his game log 25 and 20 40 and 11 42 12 and 8 that's all against Boston guards him really well uh, an 18-7-9 game against Chicago which is not competitive he only played 29 minutes and then in the finals after those first Two losses, 42 and 12, and 41 and 13 against the Suns. So uh, I I would not be surprised if he goes 35 plus if he needs to, uh, but I'm going to play it relatively safe and just say he gets his points prop because I don't think Miami's going to be in this one to the fourth quarter. 
That's fair. Yeah, that, that's totally fair. He he obviously did a bit more of everything last game, uh, getting the triple double and, and the assists as well. So the the points they're going to need to keep getting him, getting him the ball. Um, and he you know only I think what he only had four free throw attempts in that last game. So kind of indicative of him being a bit more of a facilitator. Either way, the ten rebounds and a W uh, for the one seventy five. Really, really like that as well. I think that's a pretty much a lock for him to get ten boards. Um, and then they just need to pull out the victory, which is such a big spread right now. Seems like Vegas does think that they will do that. And I think we both agree. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with all the Giannis stuff in this one. Uh, I'm going to go to a lesser known guy, not known, but, you know, lesser, uh, pop, less popular, let's just say, than Giannis, which is most guys in the NBA right now. But Austin Reeves on the Lakers. And I'm, I'm looking at his points once again, um, 15 and a half. If he goes over that, minus 108 on FanDuel. Pretty good odds there for him to get the 16. Uh, I also do like to just put a quarter of a unit on the 20 points for him, uh, plus 240 on FanDuel for him to drop 20 in this game something he's done twice in the series he's either dropped 20 or he hasn't gotten to 16 let's put it that way in the four games and i I think one of the reasons that you're gonna i I like him so much is just kind of like follow the minutes follow not only how many he's getting follow when he's getting them Uh, a couple of the props that i've hit in the last couple nights between caleb martin and uh bogdan bogdanovich were based on the fact that like maybe other guys will get time throughout the first two or three quarters of the game but he's going to be in there at the end Uh, and he's in lo and behold he played the whole 12 minutes of the whole fourth quarter bogey had to wait until the fourth quarter where he played more of the minutes in the second half as well and i'm following that that same logic here for austin reeves who they honestly trust at this point he might have surpassed dennis Schro- uh, schroeder as as the sort of third playmaker or at least even really the second playmaker on this team who they entrust with the ball in his hands uh outside of lebron you know bringing it down or initiating things uh and really also looking for his own shot there uh, at this point like delo is not that guy delo is really kind of in there as a shooting guard he's expected to just make plays and get buckets off the dribble when they need it but not necessarily look for other guys and be the guy to like control the offense make sure they get a good shot and then sort of isolate his guy on the wing that's been Austin Reeves that's why he's been uh, you know in the games that they've kind of looked at him where at the end of the game where it's been close he's played 12 minutes uh, the entire fourth quarter of, of the last two games uh, when it was a bit closer and they needed someone out there to continue getting scoring, continue getting buckets. This is also a game, as we talk about in the in the uh, best bets video, where the, the old heads kind of need to rest a bit. Uh, AD needs to rest, as you said, uh, you know, as we were talking about. Uh, and, and LeBron definitely needs a, a bit of a, a breather uh, as well in this game. So I, I don't know that how long they're going to be in it, but I think Austin Reeves will always be the guy uh, even running the second unit if there's garbage time at times. Like, let's say that they don't have much hope and it's a third quarter. They're, he's going to be the main guy out there uh, and probably alongside guys like Rui and Troy Brown as they try to sort of see if they can make a comeback and bring LeBron and AD back in the fourth quarter or just let the thing go uh, at that point. But Austin Reeves will be out there continuing to get his. So as the young legs uh, and, and main, like I said, if he's the secondary option, or let's say third in terms of playmaker, even if you want to have, say, Schroeder ahead of him a, a bit, like he's out there and up there with him. And if LeBron's going to be you know, not out there quite as much, then that's going to be your 1A and 1B. Yeah, I like this pick, even though I like the Lakers to go under 109 as well, because I think, this is a choppy series, obviously. It's been trending under consistently. It's been become more and more physical. But Memphis also has really been foul-prone since the All-Star break, since they lost Steven Adams. And Austin Reeves is the free-throw meister, right? I mean, he wouldn't be surprising if he gets 10 points at the line uh, and then gets to 16 or gets to 20, as, as like you said, the veterans let him cook down the stretch. I'm just going to try to, like, 
hope that Cleveland um, shows some backbone basically with this pick and that Jared Allen can grab 10 rebounds because he just got thrown around like a rag doll for two games in New York. And I mean, it, it's just not a good look. I, Cleveland actually surprisingly was not the greatest rebounding team since the all-star break. They were actually bottom 10 and the Knicks were top two. So this is just a real key point of emphasis. I, I mean, the numbers do not indicate that it's extremely likely given given the fact that he just got kind of owned. But, I mean, you look in game one when, when the series started in Cleveland, they, they were able to out-rebound the Knicks by 13 in a losing effort. Jared Allen did have 14 and 14 and played 43 minutes. Like, he's going to play almost the entire game. And they were able to play Mitchell Robinson off the floor. He was, he was a minus 15 in 26 minutes because Donnie Mitchell was cooking so well and the Knicks needed to kind of match that and I would expect the Cavs offense to be much better as they get home I mean the Knicks only shot 40 percent from the field in games one and two uh you know just a dreadful shooting in game two uh so there should be rebounding opportunities there and and the Cavs well I said they were a bad rebounding team slightly better at home um six more boards per game actually at home since the all-star break in part because their defense is so good at home Jared Allen, but I mean, before those two games where he got bullied, he did. I mean, he did have six straight double-digit boards in the playoffs. Uh, that, of course, being the first two of this series and four against Toronto, uh, where he had pretty big rebounding totals against a, a Toronto team that's also pretty physical. So, I expect him to just be challenged behind closed doors to go out, go out there and hold his own and, and control the boards for the home team as they face elimination. Yeah, I was trying to figure out which props I liked in this one, and nothing screamed out to me. Uh, I do think the rebounds could go either way. I mean, you could still have a bevy of rebounds available for for both he and Evan Mobley. I think one of those guys is getting 10. One of them has pretty much every game. When one doesn't, the other does because it's not great offense out there. Um, So, you know, if you continue to feel like there's going to be plenty of missed shots, I I just couldn't in all good conscience take a rebounding bet against the Knicks as I'm also wanting them to get over 100 points. Uh, So a little bit of conflict there for me, but I'm not saying all things aren't possible and that I think it's a bad bet in any way. But uh, I'm going to finish things off in the uh, Dubs game there and the Kings game. A little bit of not necessarily gamesmanship. I mean, De'Aaron Fox is hurt. uh, Definitely, definitely hurt, obviously, on his hand there. And and as a result, like not necessarily going to be able to shoot as well. Uh, And it was a much better shooter this season. Talk about it in the game video. Why I actually still like the dubs to win if if D'Fox is not at 100%. But if he's not, enter Malik Monk to be able to be the instant offense that they need. He's the guy that they turn to when they need offense and make no mistake without De'Aaron Fox, they're going to need a a playmaking guard or at least a a, a similar guard in terms of a a big athletic guy who's fast and can get out on the break and make good decisions and attack the rim uh, a la both De'Aaron Fox and Malik Monk. So he's, he's a really solid backup, right? Like they like to say, have your backup be similar of a similar type to your, your starter, which isn't always the case, but in this case, it's, it's, he's a nice sort of just second backup QB, if you will, to the offense from the standpoint that he has that same sort of style of play and is a better three-point shooter than D Fox is. So the over 15 and a half points to make clear uh, is definitely a bet that I like enough to go one and a half units on, but I'm going to take Monk 20 plus as well uh, to to go ahead and get that at plus money there. And and I don't have that bet in front of me yet because Malik Monk uh, probably won't be starting if D Fox is in fact playing like we expect him to at this point. Um, But either way, like his props will be up. And then the 20 plus for him as sort of an alternate points total, I really like as well as even if D Fox is playing and they're both out there together, 
you're really going to need one of them to be able to shoot the ball. And I, I would actually look maybe at trying to get a little bit cute with whatever deer and Fox's assists are, because maybe D Fox's is, is going to be a bit more of a facilitator in this game. If he is going to get out there and play sure, he can get out and start the break and, and get out in, on the dribble, but really going to need to you know find guys before he's going to be able to shoot the thing. So, but regardless, let's just be very clear. The, the sort of backup backcourt if, at this point is, is more of a rotation between Davion Mitchell and Malik Monk. Kevin Huerter hasn't been much in this series, uh, not nearly the player that that he was in that Hawks series when he helped them uh, win uh, in that first round. So I would, you know, expect Monk to continue to get the time that he has, especially in the fourth quarter. You've seen when they needed offense, they need someone to close the game. Malik Monk's played 12 minutes in, in two different fourth quarters this this uh, series. So I expect him to get the time no matter what to easily get 16 and then I think likely to get 20. Uh, it's a fine pick. I think by the numbers, it, it doesn't look good. If, I mean, when De'Aaron Fox does not play Malik's efficiency plummets because he really plays off Fox more than anybody. Um, and he just really started to struggle with his decision-making down the stretch there in golden state, uh, which makes me think, you know, like maybe I would want the over on turnovers. I'm I'm not that bullish to say like 20 plus points. I, I think he will have heightened usage. I will call a Kevin Herter game though at 14 and a half points. I think, I think he'll be in there. I mean, I see this more closer to the game two we had in Sacramento where the Kings won on defense. I don't think they're going to actually win the game. Uh, but Herter did have 15 points there uh, on an only two for nine from three. And he does, he does tend to shoot better from three at home. Uh, Sabonis also had 24 in that game matching with Fox. So I, I would go Sabonis 20 points before I go Malik Monk, basically, is what I'm thinking yeah. here for, for, to keep the Kings in the game. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, Sabonis to get 20 points isn't going to get you the juice from Malik Monk, but I think uh, a quarter of a unit for him to get four more points than I'm already predicting him to get feels okay. He's gotten 16 in three of these games with just one bad game there coming uh, in the third game of the series where nobody for Sacramento played well. And, and I hear what you're saying about him being better playing off of Fox, but he's also still going to get those second unit minutes uh, where he's not going to have to worry about playing against uh, some of the better defenders that that, that the uh, the dubs have on their starting unit so that's all the time though that we have for you in this one make sure to like and subscribe to that page continue to follow along we're bringing you these videos each and every day of this these nba playoffs so until we see you next happy betting Stop.